Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. God, through Isaiah, tells them, I know times are bad right now. But there will be a time where you'll be able to get more access to water. There'll be a time where you'll be able to draw water from the living well. There'll be a time where you'll have access to something that gives you life, but not only gives you life, but gives you life abundantly. you were here is from the shepherd of this flock who we love very dearly I've been blessed to be in ministry with this man and we ask for your prayers because intercessory prayer changes everything and let me tell you God calls you in season and out of season and I thank God for this man because you want to talk about going through he's going through but he serves a Lord and Savior that is able so let us receive this man of God and pray for him. Amen? Amen. It's all right. So I'll... Uh... Go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Yes. Uh, for those who may not know, my mother passed away sometime between Thursday night and Friday morning. I have no answers for what happened. I know she went to Austin on business yes. and uh, she was supposed to be back Thursday night. Um, by Thursday night, no one had heard from her for over 24 hours. And um, so my wife uh, and my sister started calling around and uh, put out a missing persons report with Austin police and came back matching a dead person report. Like I said, no other answers, still no cause of death determined. They just found her in a parking lot at a shopping mall center in her car at one in the morning. But the good news is, is I know my mama knew Jesus. So in the meantime, I'm going to be out of pocket 
for the next couple weeks. And I thank God for uh, our associate pastor here, Reverend Walters. Uh, she always steps up in a mighty way. So turn with me, if you will, to the book of Isaiah, the 12th chapter. I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's only six verses. And I ask all that are physically able to please stand out of reverence for the reading of God's word. There are many translations of the Bible. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. Let us see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Amen. In that day, you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away. And you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day, you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Um, before we get started, I do want to thank the Lynx Incorporated for uh, gracing us with your presence. Organ donation is important. Uh, I, I am a few years removed from several kidney issues from December of 2019 to uh, like March, April of 2020. I had like three kidney surgeries, two hospitalizations, and a post-operative infection. Uh, so I kind of perk up when I hear about kidney stuff. Yes. Uh, my cousin, Demario Johnson uh, from Illinois, uh, is, uh, I want to say mid-October, he uh, was the recipient of a kidney transplant. Um, so I, I, I uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's here. Uh, but thank you to the links, the connecting links, and the, was it arrow links? I hadn't heard that one before. I hadn't heard that one before. I always, uh, I am appreciative of those kinds of organizations though. Um, yes, indeed. Um, 
Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, the one who sticks closer to us than a brother. Here I am, but your humble servant behind your sacred desk, taking an opportunity to delve into your word. Let every word that I speak and every thought that I think be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. Hide me behind your cross so that people don't see me, but they see Jesus. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about getting water from a well. Getting water from a well. Um, my relationship with water and, and wells, for that matter, is funny. Um, I went through this phase, right, where if I went somewhere and you offered me water, that was an insult. I, I wanted something sweet. <laughs> I, I, if, if, I, if I was at your house, especially as a child, and I said I was thirsty and you gave me water, I swore you did not like me. And uh, I, I was notorious for not measuring the amount of sugar it took to make Kool-Aid. I just grabbed the pound of the pound bag of sugar and turned it over until I felt good. To stir it was was uh, uh, was 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 an experience because you could hear me stirring the Kool-Aid. That was how I rolled. It was all about uh, pop. Uh, that's a Midwest expression, soda, uh, for those who are uh, there. But I, 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 my relationship with water was almost non-existent. The only time I absolutely drank water was on the football field. Uh, in between practice because they, uh, they just had the, the hoses right there for everybody to drink. But if, if I could avoid drinking water, I would. And then I got concerned about how water tasted. Uh, not all water tasted the same. I didn't understand all of uh, the logistics behind it, um, but I just knew that water at grandma's house tasted a little different than water at mama's house and water at uh, my friend's house down the street tasted a little different. And, and so I got into this relationship with Wells. And, and I remember living on 60th Street in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, when I was entering the sixth grade. And that was the house I remember vividly for three things. One, it was my mom's first house that she had a work from home job that I could remember. And so I remember she set boundaries. Uh, the living room was also her office. And during the weekend, she would cover her desk with a blanket because she didn't want to 
think about work during the weekend. I also remembered that the house was a complete circle. You could walk into the living room, turn a right into my sister Jessica and I's bedroom, go down to the back of that bedroom, go through the hallway. It was a hallway that took you to the kitchen. And then through the kitchen, there was a, a door to the backyard. And then there was also a door to my mom's bedroom and, and, and bathroom and then back out into the living room. So if you opened all the doors, you could walk a complete circle in this house. It was also where I got intimately introduced to well water. I was not a fan of well water. All right. I didn't realize that in Indianapolis, not every street was connected to the municipal water system. Uh -huh. And so almost it seemed like every other street had well water because they didn't, whenever they built the city, they didn't think we we're going to need all these streets. And so they just tapped in. And so we had well water and well water tasted funny to me. Let me not play. Well water tasted disgusting to me. <laughs> it had a metallic aftertaste. When I, when I drank it, I felt like I got punched in the mouth. I felt like I was tasting blood. I did not like well water, and I was not going to drink well water if I could avoid it. And so since we moved around a bit every time we moved after sixth grade, one of the questions I asked, <laughs> Mama, does this place have well water or does it have city water? And I would use the well water for everything except drinking. Yeah, you can't get out of bathing with it or, or all of that, but I, I made sure I would not let that touch my mouth. But water is important. Yes, it is. Water is important. I, I saw a map of the United States not too long ago, and I thought that everybody lived kind of evenly spread out all over the states. But there are areas in this country that are not populated or they are lightly populated. Uh, and, and they talked about the reason why certain people don't live on certain areas of the country and the reason turned out to be water. If there's no major lake close to that area or no major river that goes through that they can connect to, if it's just dry, arid land where you would have to really spend millions of dollars to pump that water to the place, though people do not live there and they don't have access to water, so that becomes a place people do not want to live. Water is important, and, and access to water is very important. This year, we, we've been seeing, make it national news, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, having an extended water crisis after operational failures at a water treatment plant. And before there was Jackson, Mississippi, there was Flint, Michigan, which went from 2014 to 2017 uh, having a water crisis after the drinking water was contaminated with bacteria. Water is important. Yes, it is. 
way back in the Bible days, uh, when militaries wanted to conquer a city, even uh, during the biblical times, they did so by cutting off trade, but also cutting off their access to water. Uh, the Bible stories they have, there's one where the kings, in order to avoid a war, promised water. Uh, the Assyrian king once tempted Judah to surrender uh, during the siege by uh, saying to the people living in Jerusalem, do not meet with King Hezekiah and do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Make your peace with me. Come out to me, and every one of you will eat from your own vine and your own fig tree and drink water from your own cistern. That's 2 Kings uh, 18, 29, and 31, if you want to read at home. Water is important. And so we find ourselves talking about water in the text in Isaiah chapter 12. Uh, Isaiah chapter 12 is a, a liturgical conclusion to the first section of Isaiah, and, and it's a song. And the scholars don't know whether or not it's two short songs or if it's one song, but we know that God is speaking through Isaiah, not only about drinking water, but about the living water. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah is an interesting book. Uh, the first uh, half of the book is not very popular uh, because Isaiah tells the people that it's your fault you're in this situation. Uh, they've been captured by Babylon, and, and, and he, the first half of the book, the first half of the 66 books, he, he says, you, you know this is your fault, right? God told you not to do something, and you did it anyway. And now that you've reaped the benefits of your behavior, I got to tell you it's your fault before I help you out. We, we skip over that and go, you know, right to they that wait upon the Lord, uh, yes. mount up wings as eagles run yes. and not be weary, walk and not faint. We don't really get into it, but Isaiah 12 marks the, the, the end of it. And so he tells them that they're going to drink from living water because they've been uprooted from their land. They've been, if the Texas Education Agency has their way, involuntarily relocated. But they're now in captivity. And this is early on in the captivity and he's telling them that you may not have access to water now, but you will have it in the future. And water is important and, and not only uh, is water important to the ancient Israelites, but wells are. They are critical to survival. Having a well or a cistern in your own courtyard was basically a pipe dream for the Israelites. And, and many towns usually only had one place to get the water. And, and sometimes it was outside of the city gates. Uh, it was a public utility. We, we take water for, for granted. There are many a places we flip a switch and expect to see lights, and we turn a knob and expect water to come out. But, but, but uh, some of us have gone on to dig our own wells at homes and put our own generators on our homes, especially given the condition of the power grid. But during that time, 
they had to rely on the water. And while wells are pretty now, when we think about a well, we think about this nicely constructed thing. Some people have decided for their homes they're going to dig their own wells uh, into the ground so that they don't have to tap into a city system and, and get water from the, for themselves. The people at this time would have had to have drawn water for themselves. And they would have had to have possibly used a lot of physical labor to do it, not only to feed themselves or, or provide water for themselves, rather, but to provide water for their animals and their crops. And, and the practice would have been messy. It would have been hard to do. It would have been imprecise. And it's at this time that these people who are in captivity, God, through Isaiah, tells them, I know times are bad right now. But there will be a time where you'll be able to get more access to water. There'll be a time where you'll be able to draw water from the living well. There'll be a time where you'll have access to something that gives you life, but not only gives you life, but gives you life abundantly. And so he's telling them, even though we're in the beginning of this situation, that it's going to be better someday. Uh, and, and so these are the type of songs that the people would sing. Uh, they write this song now. But they expect to sing it when the temple is rebuilt. Uh, these are the type of songs that they intend to sing when they get home. The present situation does not match the praise that Isaiah is asking them to give. They're in captivity. And he's telling them to sing about being a conqueror. They are far from home, and he's telling them about songs they're going to sing when they're back in the comfort of their own homes. The temple has been ruined, and he's telling them there'll be a day where you sing a song of gladness about a time when the temple has been rebuilt. They are in a foreign land, but this is praise that Isaiah is asking them to do for a rescue that has not happened yet. They are thankful for deliverance, but they haven't been delivered yet. The tree has been cut down, but Isaiah tells them that there's going to be a root, a branch, if you will, that comes up out of the tree that was cut down that will keep growing and keep growing on and on. Isaiah is so sure about their deliverance that he wants the people of God to act like it has already happened. Yeah. Isaiah is saying that this is not a denial of a present situation, but a desire to position myself to fulfill a promise. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 if I was uh, uh, someone that had a song that would remind me of that, it would be Marvin Sapp's Praise Him in Advance, where he says, I've had my share of ups and downs. There were times when there was no one around, but God came and spoke to me and he said, what that praise will confuse the enemy. So I started singing. Yeah. I started clapping. Yeah. 
I started dancing and the people were laughing. They knew my problems. They knew my pain. But I knew that God would take it away. So when you are in these bad situations, you can praise him in advance. You can praise him because you know you're going to get out the situation. You might be crying right now, but praise him in advance. He says that with joy, we're going to draw from the wells of salvation with joy. That's, that's the opposite of happiness, right? Because yeah. yeah. see, happiness is something somebody else can give you. Yeah. When, when, when you wake up to breakfast in bed from your lovely wife that, I'm happy, right? I like that French toast brioche and the scrambled eggs with cheese. I, I like that. But that's temporary. It's a good temporary, but with joy. Because the joy comes from the situation of knowing that God is going to make it all right. The joy comes from the situation that you know you have somebody that sticks closer than a brother. You have somebody that will never leave you nor forsake you. You have somebody that's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent. You can lean on somebody that will give you what you need in the time you need it, how you need it, when you need it, wherever you need it. With joy, they'll withdraw from the wells of salvation. And that salvation is not just fire insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when you break down the Hebrew of it, it's, it's, it's about making sure your whole well-being is taken care of. Yeah, yeah. And so it may not look like it's going to be all right. But with joy, you're going to draw from the wells of salvation. Uh, they might have thought... You weren't going to make it, but God did. Yeah. Yeah. They might have thought you wouldn't get healed, but God did. Yeah. You, they might have thought you were not worthy, but God did. And God saw fit to give us something that we needed in the time that we needed. With joy, we can call on this draw from this well of salvation, and we can also call on the name of the Lord. Isaiah died hundreds of years before the people got out of captivity. He told them, you are going somewhere that I won't be able to go. I may not be able to see you there, but you can praise knowing that it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen even in 100 years. It was at least 200 years before they got home and the temple was rebuilt. But he said, call on the name of the Lord. Yes. That name that soothes doubts and calms fears. That name that we love to hear, because Isaiah was not just talking about uh, uh, going back home. He was also talking about their deliverance, because it was Isaiah that said, right, unto us a, a child is born, and, and the government will be on his shoulders. We'll call him Wonderful. We'll call him Counselor. We'll call him Prince of Peace, so I can call on the name of the Lord in my times of trouble. There is a name. 
that I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. It's the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. It may not look like it now, but sooner or later, you're going to be able to draw from the well with joy, with salvation, and you will praise him in advance for it right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, the one who was and is and is to come. We thank you for this opportunity to gather once again in your name. We thank you for the word that went forth. For those who heard it and those who hear it later. That if there is anybody that has a desire to know Jesus Christ and the pardoning of their sins, they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? Let your word be a good seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. Let your Holy Spirit do his holy work and your holy people for your holy kingdom. It is in the name above all names that we pray. The name that every knee shall bow and tongue confess is Lord. The name that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or imagine. The name of the one who sits high but looks low. The name of the one who willingly gave himself up for us that we might have life and have it more abundantly. It is in that name that we pray. That name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.